Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. My name is Michael Doeys, and today I'm here with Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. And Lauren Bishop. Hello, everyone. Hey, this crowd looks a little familiar. I know. I think this is the crowd we had for episode <laughs> 107. Yeah, that's right. And Michael forgot to mention it's 108 time. It is 108. We're getting close yes. to 110, and then it'll be 111. 111. 111. Hey, what's what's going to happen when we get to podcast 404? <laughs> found. Or Not even found. 402. <laughs> I don't know, but episode 200 will be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a 402 error? I know 403 is forbidden. I just fail, Pied. It's 403 that I meant, not 402. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I I think episode 300 and 301 actually need to be somebody else's podcast that we have on our own to represent a redirect. <laughs> Okay, this podcast got really nerdy really, oh really gosh. quickly. <laughs> yes, it did. Basically, guys, we were talking oh in HTML or HTTP codes. 200 is okay. Uh, 300 and 301 are redirects. And 403 is forbidden. And 404 is file not found. And episode 500 is going to be just wrong because that's a server error. <laughs> and it's really sad that I know all those. Maybe Michael, you can leave the metronome in five hundred. Oh snap! For reference, our, one of the podcasts I was editing in GarageBand. This was this was a point when GarageBand did not take off timing and metronome by default. It left that in, so we had to go and fix it. So yes. Man, Michael just got told. Yeah, I just got thrown under the bus. Where's the aloe vera? That just... <laughs> aloe vera. Oh my gosh, that totally makes me think of summer and sunburns. And Yeah, <laughs> yet it's cold outside. Yeah. So, right? so this week we have some interesting news that I'm very excited about, at least for two of the things. Apple, Apple stuff. stuff. Yes, we've got Apple stuff. For starters, we have a release of iOS 12.1.3, which fixed a lot of issues that I had on my phone. But broke some other people's phones. So explain that. So apparently there was a data problem with Sprint, mostly. There were a couple other carriers that saw this mainly in Canada, but apparently Sprint phones were seeing complete shutoff of data um, and the inability to fix it without clean installing everything. So um, apparently this has been kind of an off and on issue with regard to data for several releases, but it just kind of it hit again with this one. And it's funny because I'm a Sprint customer and I didn't see anything like this in the betas. So who knows? It's It seems to be very sporadic and no pattern to it. Yeah, like when I was using um 12.1, I think, is when this stuff started. Um, It was either 12.1 or 12.1.1. I don't remember, but I never saw any data issues either. I mean, I have a different phone than you and a different carrier, but 
um, I believe some of the reports, because I have I have T-Mobile, I think some of the reports talked about T-Mobile in earlier versions of iOS, so that's uh, very interesting that you and I didn't see anything, haven't seen anything. And I'm on Verizon with my phone and nothing's happened at all, so go Verizon. <laughs> I kid, I kid. So now let's turn to some rumors. It has been announced that with the beta of iOS 12.2 comes some interesting additions to the code. Like, hey, S-Lady, for AirPods. Is that correct? Or for setup of AirPods? For setup of HS for AirPods. And I have to say that speculatively, I think that might bring us much better sound um, or microphone quality on these new AirPods. And certainly better battery life if they're always listening like that. They're going to have to have better battery. Because otherwise they'll only last about 90 minutes if the mic's always open. So... Well, what what it's going to happen is the microphones will be open without Bluetooth being enabled. So you'll have passive microphones on these. Yeah, but even still, it's going to point to better battery. It's going to have to in order to power all that. But even still, it's going to have they're going to have to have better microphones than what they currently do because some of the sound from the microphones of those AirPods if they're not seated right or if you're getting a lot of background noise can be quite muffled. So it'll be interesting to know how much better these mics are. Yeah, and one of the things I'd like to see is better ability to um uh what's the term? Uh isolate i think yeah better to the ability to create a better seal in your ears um for more people without having to use things like the you know ear buddies ear hooks or anything like that not that they're a bad product i still have mine i like them but i also like the ability to throw my airpods in the case charge them and take them out and put them in my ears without having to do much you know and they're just there yeah um so I I, just, I don't know how they would accomplish that, but I and, I, and I'm not I I don't want them to noise cancel. I want to be able to hear around them, but right. I also want them to be able to stay in my ears better too. And I hope that that if they're considering better fit, I hope that that does not mean in in ear, um, earbuds and foam tips, because I hate those earphones, and I will be so disappointed if that's what Apple does. I think they'll keep the same design because that design is by far, to me, the best design. And they fit pretty well for me. The left ear is a little bit more loose than the right side for me. But I still love my AirPods, and I would not change anything about the ear design. What if they gave you, like, little silicone, if they made the case just slightly bigger um, and gave you, like, little silicone... Um, inserts to put just on the ear pod itself um that would make it stick to your skin better i wonder if that would be enough to fix it and then you would theory could keep those attached and just throw them in the case to charge like you've always been able to do i would be okay with that i think see i've been able to shake my head and they won't fall out my right one yes sometimes my left one yeah eh. my left one is fairly loose but I can still walk around and, you know, everything with the left one in. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, 
I'm very biased toward my right AirPod. <laughs> um, I use it a lot more than my left one. I do as well. But we have even more rumor news. iPads? iPads? More iPads? We are seeing rumors of new iPad models, which include, or may include, an iPad Mini 5th Gen. It's time for the iPad Mini to get some love. Um, it really is. And, you know, if if it ever got the same kinds of features that my Pro had, I think I would be happy with an iPad Mini if it had good audio and things like that. But the... Fourth gen iPad Mini doesn't look very much different from the second gen iPad Mini, which is the one I sold in order to get my iPad Pro. And that iPad, it has a nice form factor, but the sound left a lot to be desired. And the fourth gen iPad Mini does have Touch ID. They are talking about no face ID on these iPad Minis. So that's a little interesting. No face ID, no pencil support. Ouch. No keyboard support. Ouch. And uh, still possibly a home button, which I, I, I think... I would hope that there's a home button. Otherwise, how are you going right. to unlock it? But I think what they're gearing towards is to be more like the 2017-2018 uh, iPads, just in a smaller form factor. Yeah. Still. Wah. Yeah, I I don't know. I wish I wish all of the iPads had the speaker setup of the iPad Pro. I think that would be really useful. Agreed. But I don't think they have the form factor to be able to do that on the the mini. Yeah. You could do it just on a smaller scale. Yeah, it's it, doable. They'd have to be smaller speakers, but. But also keep in mind that that would up the price. Doing those kind of things would up the price. Quite a bit. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that they don't really want to do, is up the price on those minis. But I bet it's going to have an ATN processor. Oh, yeah. I Certainly. would hope so. You mean A11? Actually, uh, no. I guess it would be A10, because the mini's still A8, right? It's still an A9. A8. I'm betting an A10, maybe an A11. Maybe. But if they do an A11, then there's no reason why it couldn't have uh, a face ID. Well, even with the A10, I mean, we're talking, I, I don't know. But the face ID would make it more expensive, too. Definitely. Because then they would be removing the home button, making it completely flat. It's and just so. weird that, you know, you would not be able to use an emoji on that iPad, and they're pushing that. And Memoji, they're pushing it the, very heavily. So, hmm. Yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to see what they do, regardless of what they do, I think, um, with the the new iPads, because I do think it's time for them to be updated. And there's some, some news in Facebook land. Facebook is talking about integrating WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and Instagram all together, which how that's going to work, I don't know. Right? What's up with that, y'all? Also, I would like to point out that Michael left out the rumored updated iPod. Yes, I did. That's big news. The uh, The last thing is that they added was uh, the 
iPod Touch may be getting an update, which is huge. Yeah, it's it's more than time. Um, unless they're going to let the line go, they need to upgrade it. Exactly. And I bet this will see an A10 or A9 processor as well. I will be <clears throat> saving up the monies to probably buy one and upgrade my old Touch. Um, I have a 6th gen Touch that I use for training purposes um, exclusively so that I don't get anything set up that I really care about and I can, you know, blow the whole thing away at will and restart. So I will be looking at getting um, getting this new iPod if it comes out. But AirPods, high, top priority, top priority are AirPods. Now, do you think this new iPod will have wireless charging? Ooh, that'd be weird. I don't. Ooh, no. No, actually, I doubt it. Because keep think about the price point that Apple's pushing on these on these iPods. You know, cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap. And so they haven't had fingerprint sensors. They haven't had um, anything like that. They got the upgrade to Lightning, but that's it. You know, I doubt it. Highly. But it would be interesting if they did. Interesting, yes, but I would I would be rather surprised if if we saw wireless charging in the iPod. I suspect we'll see an iPod with the A nine, maybe, maybe the A ten, and that's really about it. I mean, maybe they'll change the design. Maybe they won't. I don't know, but that that's my personal prediction for the iPod. Frankly, I'm a little surprised that we're seeing rumors about it upgrading because it's been long enough that I wouldn't be surprised for it to go away, honestly. I mean, well, I hope it doesn't, but... The iPod came out in 2016. The... The 6th gen one. Yes. The latest one that's been out was 2016. The iPad mini, I believe, was 2015. Oh, the iPad what 4. The mini 4? Are you sure? I believe I th- that was, no, was... No, I thought it was 2016. Yeah, because I feel like... I remember hearing Rene Ritchie on Vector saying 2015. Let's cut for a second because I want to check that out. So, no, the iPod Touch uh, 6th Gen was released in 2015 as well, and both devices were released at the same time. They have very similar specs. So, yeah, it's time, I guess, for both of them to get a refresh. and. As if all of that wasn't enough news, we even have more. So I guess you could say, but wait, there's more. Uh, <laughs> Microsoft Office is uh, Microsoft Office 365 is now completely available from the Mac App Store as a bundle. I think you could get the other products as well, can't you? I don't know about don't the know. other products, but I know that Microsoft Office itself is a bundle. Um, from what I read, it's the same version that Microsoft is offering on their website right now. Um, but if you get the Mac App Store version, it'll be updated, uh, from what I read, directly through the App Store instead of the Microsoft Office uh, Live Update or whatever they call that thing. Ick. That's what I call that thing. Ick. Oh. Um, it's not the most... Well, it's easier to say. Yeah. It's It's not the easiest thing to use on the Mac, but... It works. Do we know how much it's going to cost through the App Store? Is it going to be the same? 
the app itself is free. As I understand it, you'll just have to pay for your uh your subscription. subscription. Yeah. It's like it's like downloading it on Windows. The apps are free, but you have to pay the subscription. Okay. From looking at the App Store, they have the main apps available. So you can get Word, Excel, and PowerPoint and Outlook from the store, but the bundle will give you access to the majority of say you have the business premium version you would need to get the bundle to download that from the way it looks in the store that way if you want to get the more you know beyond the just the personal apps essentially and they are free correct yeah they're free apps but you have to sign in and pay for them Ah. all right now with that all being said that's our news for this week so let's move on and talk about something that is iAccessibility related, as we do every week. And this week we will talk about our Team Talk server hosting. One of the things that we offer here at iAccessibility is the ability to purchase a Team Talk server through us to use for collaboration and discussion. So we offer great servers, great speeds. They sound excellent, and they're all for $3 a month. So head to iAccessibility.net to learn more and get chatting today. We will have your server up in less than 24 hours. So check that out, iAccessibility.net, and look for Team Talk Server Hosting. Okay, so this week our main topic is very important, especially what's been going on in the tech world lately with different podcasts saying things. People <laughs> people believing a certain way and what actually needs to happen. So this topic is the difference between building accessibility and inclusion and universal design. You know, it is my belief as a developer that when you start a project, you should really think about what your audience is. And I do personally believe that not every developer or not every project is meant for every audience. There are just some graphical projects that cannot always be translated for all users. That's just the reality. But we should really for uh, we should really work together to allow all of our projects to work for every user as much as possible. And so so when we look at look at a project like you know, our app iAccessibility and, you know, other apps that are in the App Store that use a lot of graphics because we do. But we use alt text. We use different methods for, um, you know, making our app accessible. And we, of course, for iAccessibility, so our apps better be accessible. But, you know, I think a lot of apps become inaccessible because they weren't built with accessibility in mind from the start. So, Aliyah, you actually had a situation where you had an app that was fairly accessible become non-accessible or unaccessible just yesterday. So Yes, and this would be, and I'm going to name names here, <laughs> on the off chance somebody's listening that has influence, the Toggle app. Um, T-O-G-G-L. Yes, is it's a time tracking app. And it used to be that on the first tab, I could see all of my hours for a given time period. And I could see um, 
when they were, the, the dates, the times, and how much time I'd spent, the project I'd spent it on, because I was recording all of that, you know, and, and then I received an update to the app. And now that main tab just says time entries collection. There's no ability for me to see with voiceover what I've done. And in fact, this happened in the middle of a of a pay period for me. So I had to have Michael look at it and see how many hours I had built up and and add those into another app, which I'll into another uh, location, which I'll talk about later as my pick, actually. But it was it's frustrating because it's obvious that, and it was obvious from the start, that the developer didn't know or didn't include accessibility from the ground up. They did not build it in. They did not test it because there were parts of the app that appeared to be intentionally accessible. For example, there were voiceover actions on certain elements of the app, and that made me think that it really was built properly from the ground up. However, there were other parts where there were unlabeled buttons or weird labels on buttons that shouldn't have been there that made me realize it wasn't. And so it's, it's, especially if you are a large company or, you know, it's, it's important and, and much more cost effective to build accessibility in from the ground up. And to start with it and continue with it over the life of the project. Because let me tell you, if you have to go back and bolt accessibility on to a project, it is much more time consuming, much more expensive, both financially and um, resource wise. You have to expend a lot more effort to retrofit accessibility than you do to to start out with it to begin with and to educate yourself you know on the on the population of people with disabilities not just blind people you know making it accessible for all people with disabilities is important you know that's why we call it universal design because you're building it from the ground up to support all users it's to allow for the greatest number of users to use your app or service or device. Um, you know, there's plenty of devices that did not have accessibility from the ground up considered. And I use one that Aaliyah always uh, foams at the mouth about. You know, this is the second week you've gotten me to growl on this show. <laughs> And you know, what Leah, when you made that sound, my 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 first thought was those robot dogs from Scenarium. Remember that <laughs> reference to another IA game cast, folks. Yeah, learn to drive, Jason. That's all I'm saying. But Aliyah, what device is that? It's a Kindle Paperwhite. Yes, it is the Paperwhite, and they had to quote bolt on accessibility as literally, in, yeah, with a dongle. Um. So to where you can't charge the device and use it at the same time if you're blind. But let's be real here. How many devices can you not charge and use these days with headphones? N well, but you can get a splitter. There isn't even a splitter 
available for this thing. Yeah. That there's a big difference. If they put a port on the on the dongle to allow for charging, that's a big difference. And the big and another difference is you can charge and use an iPhone at the same time cuz it's got a speaker. Um you know, so that, no, I I don't take that argument at all because there are ways around it. Even if you had a I don't think the Paperwhite has Bluetooth support. Um I think the new ones no, you have to get the uh I think it's the um uh what's it called? There's one above the paper white. I had it at one point. I don't remember it. I know what you're talking about, but it does. But even like an iPhone, you can use with Bluetooth headphones and charge at the same mm-hmm. time if you need headphones. The facilities are there. The facilities are not there on the paper white. Right. But, you know, the way I look at it is it should not be marketed towards education. Otherwise, it's a perfectly great device. For the audience it's intended for. Uh, because there's plenty of other devices that are more accessible. But it is an example of a device that does not work for all audiences. So, and there's a lot of those out there. Um, there's, I mean, let's let's look at, say, a Wacom tablet that is for drawing only. There's no real way to make that... Uh, very accessible without changing the whole dynamics of the device. Uh, but these are just examples of devices that do not have accessibility uh, in at the start. But there are ways that if you're wanting to focus on that, you can with the principles of universal design and uh, adding accessibility in from the beginning. Uh, I think some examples of this now of the universal design is what Microsoft and Apple are doing with their screen readers and having a screen reader in the operating system from the start without having to use JAWS, NVDA, or anything similar. And, you know, I really have to um, applaud Microsoft, which is probably very weird to hear coming from me, um, (laughs) for giving us narrator and allowing us to install Windows without sighted help because, I mean, yes, there were workarounds. You could do um, unattended install files and stuff like that, but, I mean, now we can, and I've done this on my my PC. I had been able to successfully upgrade it from Windows 8 uh, to Windows 10. Not only that, but I was able to reformat the hard drive and completely blow away its recovery partition because I was never going to use Windows 8 um, and, and and install Windows 10 from the ground up, and I'm going to grab an SSD for this thing, and I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm just going to install it and uh, go from scratch, and, you know, it's very nice to be able to do that without needing sighted help because for the longest time, that wasn't the case. and they've done a really good job with it and you know it's it's nice and and you know there's also i guess amazon with their fire tvs with voice view finally. that have accessibility on board finally um and there's android tv with talkback yeah yep. android tv with talkback 
and Android devices. Um, but, you know, watch because some Android devices from some manufacturers have no accessibility shortcut for getting uh, TalkBack turned on at start. Um, in fact, I don't even think the Android TVs... Can they have talkback? I think is some can. Is there a can. shortcut? Yes. Not I all of them, certainly. there is, but yeah. Because I, I, I know, know some people very frustrated with some Android TVs that aren't working that way. They can't set them up independently. Yeah, and even Chrome OS has accessibility built into yep. it. Yep. I mean, you've got Chromevox, you've got, I think they have a magnifier, I don't remember. Yes, they um, do. And they've got, you know, sticky keys and, all, and, and and other accessibility features built into the operating system. And I assume that works across Chromebook brands. I'm yes. assuming you don't have the yes, problems that, that you have does. with the Android with the shortcut. So that's really cool. So more and more companies are realizing that it's it's better for everyone to include accessibility from the ground up. And I'm I'm glad that we're seeing that. Well, and let's look at let's look at uh HomeKit and smart home devices. Uh, I believe pretty much any HomeKit device can be set up by somebody that's totally blind because they have so. codes on them. Yeah. You know, when I go get a new Philips light bulb, I don't have to scan a code. I go take it out of the package, throw it in the light fixture, press a button, and it finds it on my hub. Oh, I thought you, I thought you did have to scan codes. Not on every light bulb. Oh. Now I had to scan the the code on my. Uh, Philips Hue uh, bridge, but that was it. I mean, Aaliyah, remind me, wasn't even the setup of the Google uh, uh, Wi-Fi router simple? Completely accessible. Completely accessible. You download the Google Wi-Fi app, open it up, start pressing buttons, and it's it's done. I mean, we really should have done an unboxing of it, but it was We it were was too excited so to get it set up. <laughs> yeah, we were. Michael got a good present anyway yes i did and our wi-fi has remained strong ever since we got it i mean yeah it really has we've had less problems with this thing than any other router i've owned and don't you get a pack of two of them when you buy it no. by default you don't have to more no oh you can no. buy just one you mm -hmm. can buy just one uh what was it oh. what did i pay 99 99 mm -hmm. oh, and they was... get cheaper the more you buy yeah i think a two pack yeah. is 150 that's not bad. That's cheaper than an Airport Extreme was. Wow. Because I think I think they started Apple at one ninety nine. Apple tax. And you get a much better router. I'm sorry, Apple, but Well, we tried to bridge the airport in here and it failed. Remember? I think it actually was dragging down the network. It was. It was it's sitting here unplugged because when we plugged it in we couldn't access anything from in here. I think part of that may be that the Google routers are using <laughs> mesh networking, right? So aren't aren't the new, uh, not the new, the the airport routers were bridging. What's there's a there's a term for the older method of bridging, and I've forgotten what it's called. But yeah, but I, I think, think it that's was what the routers I, are using the airport routers. I do think it was actually bringing down the speed of the network and causing issues. Mm-hmm. So the the thing about these these topics is you know a statement was made uh, again I'm going to call back to this this topic on Windows Weekly that accessibility at any cost is brain dead and that is just not so 
Because once you make that initial investment of time and energy, then as long as you keep living up to the standard, as I call it, accessibility first, then your product will always be above the ones that don't. Let's look at Google Wi-Fi. It doesn't matter if you're sighted or not. It doesn't matter who you are. As long as you've got a smartphone, it's a breeze. It was just the most... Same I'm with an the Apple lady devices too. I'm an Apple fan and that was magical. That was the what Apple should strive for in setting up a device. Now, the Google Wi-Fi though does have one accessibility barrier. Can y'all think of what it is? Well, other than it's hard to tell when the the lights anything, you know, as far as the lights go on the less than that, you have to have a smartphone. Mm-hmm. You do. You cannot set it up from a computer. In fact, if you go to the router with a computer, it will say, download the Google uh, Wi-Fi app on your smartphone to get started. That's interesting. And Aaliyah, you brought up something interesting, too, with the lights, because until you said that, I forgot. And I think I wish Google would do this in their app, if because based on what you said, it sounds like they didn't, that... Because if you if you look at the airport app on the Mac, at least I haven't set a router up for my OS, so I can't comment on that. But the um, colors of the lights on the router show up in help tags for the images. So the light colors, um, the, the the help tags change depending on the color of the light. So I don't see why Google couldn't do the same thing in the Google Wi-Fi app for their routers too, and make it alt text or something. Yeah, and you only have to worry about the light when you're setting up. So, yeah, Mister, not listening to directions. I told you to leave the modem unplugged. The app said to leave the modem unplugged. You didn't hey, do it. All indications were from somebody having a network background that that's not sh- how it should have worked. But, 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 Michael, we read instructions and we follow. Oh, if only that were the way it all worked. (laughs) Because I can guarantee you, as a person that's built many a computer, the instructions don't always tell you everything you need to know. Lauren, you've been awfully quiet. Well, I think you've kind of covered everything I would have covered. So, Lauren, what are some apps that you have... Have you downloaded any apps that were accessible for you that later became not accessible? Um... I am trying to think which ones. I had a lot of accessibility issues with my bank app for a really long time. Um, There was one time when I couldn't even type in my password. And that was just disconcerting because, you know, I don't like that's the most efficient way for me to access my bank information. And then to have to like give my password to someone and have them type it in is... I don't know. It was a little concerning at the time. So that was probably the app that gave me the uh, most problem and problems. And then I might have the Apple News come in second because I used to be able to continuously read with voiceover. And now it doesn't really matter what article I'm reading because I like to read the Apple News before I go to bed. And I or right when I wake up in the morning and I don't want to have to continuously keep flicking on my screen. I want to just relax with it. And voiceover will not let me do that in that app. It will 
get to a certain point in the article, sometimes it won't even begin reading before it throws me up at the top with the back button. And I've found that to be a little bit um, frustrating. Well, what's even more frustrating with that, Lauren, is um, in your version of iOS, and because you're you're running what twelve point three? Are you running twelve point three? One point three. Yeah. Um. Twelve point one point three. Twelve point one point. Twelve point one. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, twelve point one point three. So even if you flick around the screen, I have seen voiceover start to read content and jump to the back button. I think it has to do with elements in the story, like the. Twitter threads that they'll insert or the YouTube video frames that they insert or there's something in articles that I've seen DFP underscore creative name image. Um, I don't know if that's an advertisement or or what that is, but I've seen that cause voiceover to jump to the back button as well. So it unfortunately doesn't even matter if you're flicking. It'll still happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, and and and. I've seen SoundCloud go downhill too, as far as accessibility is concerned. Like, it used to be pretty nice in iOS, and now you've got all kinds of possible text. You've got unlabeled buttons that you can only label if you use VoiceOver's possible text feature, and if you label them, they don't always stick. So, yeah. I also have an application at the other end of the spectrum. I've seen applications that um, have been, had some weird accessibility issues and had gotten fixed. But I can talk about that later if we're going to separate those. Yeah. So, for example, uh, the Anchor app is another one. Uh, and I believe they had a very big focus on accessibility when they started. But Yeah, I think so. But now it's hit or miss. The big one that I would think would infuriate a lot of blind people is an app called Texture. Are y'all familiar with this app? No. It is an I've app. It's not the magazine it. thing, is it? Yes, it's the magazine app. You could subscribe Did Apple to buy them. Hmm? Didn't, didn't I was getting Apple to that. I was texture. getting to that. No, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can it's a subscription service where you could pay for hundreds of magazines. It's an amazing app. But it's completely not accessible. They basically scan all of their magazines. And Apple purchased this app for their magazine subscription service that they're going to add to Apple News. So That's concerning. So that's why I brought that one up, since Apple purchased a completely inaccessible app. So I'm hoping that they plan to make this more accessible. Which is a vast contrast from the Shortcuts app, which was very accessible at the purchase and still is. And lastly, the one I want to bring up that I, I think some people are going to frown upon me bringing up the app that I think, and this is not the fault of the organization. Let me put this out there up front because they, when you hire a developer, it is impossible to know how they're going to handle your app, your service, unless they have, they, they specifically pledge to provide complete accessibility. Uh, I speak of the NFB Connect app. And there is a few issues in the app that are that surprises me, but it's just when you uh, go with a third-party developer, you do have tendencies to not know what you will get unless you get to see other apps that they produce. And it this is not only 
for NFB. Our bus service app, uh, Capital Metro, used to have a lot of accessibility issues. And you could tell that these companies, um, if I didn't know better, I would think that they were built by the same company. And the reason why I say that is, is that these developers that build these third-party apps, because a lot of the organizations don't have the money to keep investing in these apps, do not get updated at the rate that they need. For example, both NFB Connect and uh, Capital Metro do not have iPhone 10 support. Um, they are not kept up to date, even on their user interface design. And so when you look at a developer as an organization, um, you know, whether it be Capital Metro, NFB, ACB, you know, when you, or, you know, you know even a school or a church or any organization, when you look at a developer to build your solution, you have to look at the developer themselves and say, how have they done in the past? What other apps do they build? And are they going to be the solution for us? Because our Capital Metro app, um, it, it's pretty bad. And when you look at a design like that, um, you you might be missing out on what your app could be, you know. And I understand that there's a lot that goes into picking a developer, cost effectiveness, budgeting. But uh, as as they say, you get what you pay for. Um, especially if you don't look at their other uh, solutions. So I challenge everybody that wants to have an app, a solution out there, uh, to have accessibility first on your mind. Have universal design first on your mind. You don't want to have to come back and fix accessibility later. You don't want to have to pay more money in the end because essentially that's what you have to do if you're going to add accessibility later. Um, because if you just build it in at the beginning, you don't have to worry about it. Like like the Workflow app. That is probably the best example. That was the probably one of the most accessible apps that you know is on the App Store. Just because the developers started early. Funny thing is, I don't think those guys realized it was <laughs> going to be that accessible. But let's actually go back from the negative of what became inaccessible, and let's look at the opposite. Um, Jason, you were talking about an app that became accessible. Which one was that again? That was actually the T-Mobile app. Um, it was usable in previous versions, but there were some definite issues. There were some weird labels, and there was some instances where voiceover, when you would tap on an element, when the screen would change, it would still see elements on the previous screen. Um, if you were flicking around, so you had to navigate it by touch. A lot of those issues seem to have gone away. And so it's, it's pretty nice now. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy to see those changes being made into the app. Um, because, you know, a lot of us manage our, 
our cell phone accounts and stuff, you know, from our, our phone, because it's just, it's, it's easier. Um, and so that's, it's, it's, it's nice to see stuff like that happen. So I'm hoping that they continue to, um, make accessibility improvements as they change the design of their apps, uh, the, the T-Mobile app, the name ID app, um, and T-Mobile Tuesdays. So I'm hoping that this is a sign of good things to come from them in the future. You know, one of the companies I have to applaud for their accessibility, again, we keep bringing them up, is Microsoft. Their Office apps are fairly accessible on mobile, more so than the Apple variants, wouldn't you say, Aaliyah? Especially um, when it comes to spreadsheet management. Yep. So what are some other apps that you guys can think of uh, that have become more accessible? GarageBand. For the longest time, you were not able to, um, with VoiceOver, download additional instrument packs and uh, other things like that because you VoiceOver wouldn't see all of the elements that you needed in that screen, and Apple has fixed that. So you can now download um, these instruments. So there's there's that. There's Aaliyah, didn't you say YouTube TV has fixed YouTube some accessibility TV, certainly. issues? On the on the Apple TV, especially, it didn't used to be um usable really at all. And now is very much so. And didn't Hulu make accessibility improvements? Hulu too? has, yes. And they're making more. Mm-hmm. But they started as a very accessible app. And yeah, then they and then broke they went it. to but, you know, and this is something that happens too, guys, is that, you know, a app or a service may have a developer team that builds a user interface and then that team leaves. And then the new team comes in to build version two and they have entirely different design principles. And I think that the value of accessibility has to be carried over between user interface and user experience teams. You know, that's one thing I believe that we also need to see from Apple is better accessibility of the AirPods outside of using your phone to determine their battery. As as somebody cited, I could look at the lights on the device and tell. Same with Beats. Wait, there's lights on those things? On the case. Wow, that's unfortunate. I usually can see lights for like that, and I can't. No, I must they're be too small. The Same with the Beats lights. They're... To you can't in yeah, you can't there's... you may be able to see a light source coming from them, but you can't tell, for example, how many lights you have of yeah. battery. I don't even think I can see those lights. No, I They're can't. Too small. So that is one thing I do wish Apple would would be able to change. Um, I don't know how, I don't they, know would. how they would do that though. I wonder if um, maybe tapping a button on the case would trigger audio to come through the AirPod itself. That's an idea. Ooh, maybe. Just tapping the button on the case, because normally tapping the button on the case doesn't do anything. So pressing and holding it does. But if you tapped the button on the case, maybe audio would come through the AirPods, um, indicating the battery life left in the AirPods in the case. I think that is some feedback we may need to send to Apple. Yeah. Because the AirPods themselves already are able to play sounds as they're connecting to the phone or whatever. So, Right. And in the case of the Beats, because tapping the power button on the Beat, well, actually, on the Studio 3s, that turns noise cancellation on and off, doesn't it? Uh, if you do it twice. 
But if you do it once, oh, it doesn't it matter. Um, okay, so, so then... the same thing could happen. And it doesn't have to be text-to-speech. It can be tones. Mm -hmm. It right. could be tones. You know, a, a series of four tones if the battery is full, three if it's, you know, whatever. Same as, same as for example, the lights on the, on the beats. Um, right. Or even an octave range. Yeah. Although maybe tone counting might be the better way to well, go. Well, let's do... I would say number of tones, because if you've got somebody that doesn't know, you know, doesn't have yeah. as good of a pitch um, recognition as some of us or do. Or hearing loss. Right. Yeah, that's why I backed off, because I was like, well, that would be a little hard for people with hearing loss and stuff. But yeah, certainly. Absolutely. Or even a spoken number between one and four to tell you how many lights are there or whatever. Anything like that. What were we going to say, Lauren? I said absolutely with the fact that we shouldn't have we shouldn't request the octave thing be yeah because yeah well this has been a very very good discussion <laughs> it has <laughs> what are the top things that you guys would like to see you know developed from the ground up with accessibility coming you know in the next year appliances apps related to Apps related to education. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things, you know, yes, education is my, is, is my, one of my passions. And yes, I am very interested in getting accessible educational apps, but good Lord, the appliances that are coming out today, touch screen, oh, man. flat panels, complex menus, even on a stove, my dad's stove you, I could not operate because of the menu system. It plays tones and things, but you, I couldn't, I could not operate it because it doesn't have a way for me to know where the where the stove is set because it's all touch controlled. Even the burners, which didn't used to be a thing, you know, if you had a touch panel on your oven, you still used to be able to power your stove from knobs on the front not so much anymore um you could even put dots on a touch panel on an oven yeah but, i mean now i'd but honestly with these be menus, afraid to with these menus mm -hmm. though i mean they're just you just have a couple of arrows and that's about it and some and some other buttons but that's um you know and and dishwashers with touch panels and you know washers and dryers and microwaves you know, everything is becoming so customizable that we're losing the ability to control it independently. And that's definitely concerning for me. You know, you guys talked about appliances, which was one of the things I was going to mention. But um, I think, you know, musical gear would be nice to be seen, to be made more accessible. Um, you know, I mean, we have things like, Mo uh, I almost said Motorola, uh, <laughs> Roland's announced... Uh, piano uh go piano with a lady support but i would like to see more devices have you know text-to-speech on board or or something so that you can have because you know touch screens on 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 things like keyboards they're going to have menus things aren't going to stay in the same spot all the time just like with these stoves and, and other appliances that have touch screens it's I feel like the, it's it's something that is doable. Apple did it with the iPhone 3GS. Google has done it with Android. 
granted apple did it first but that's kind of beside the point um and so you know that's that's something i would like to see and not just in the expensive models either well and you know one of the things that i would like to see from google is you know a lot of people are using android for these devices for these stoves for these ovens for all of these things and soda machines yes and i and you know android out of the gate guys does not have accessibility built in nope talk back and all those things are modules that you have to add in as a developer on your own and i don't always agree on that i, I think that i do not like that uh i think that talk back should be a staple to the Android operating system. Now, I can see why it's not, because not all user interfaces use standard Android UI. For example, the eSight. And on, you know, a lot of devices like the eSight and New Eyes devices, like the glasses that run Android, they don't have talkback built in because their interfaces probably would not allow it to even function because of how much they've customized android and what about all these android based kiosks there are so many of them well and for those you have two obstacles there for one you have to have talkback installed you have to enable it on boot up and then you actually have to put, uh, redesign your user interfaces for these drink machines or whatever to have alt text for the images. Well, and even ordering machines, there are a lot of ordering kiosks now. McDonald's has some where you order your food through a machine. And it's going to get to the point where it's going to be darn hard if you're a blind person to go in and independently order food without some real victories in terms of accessibility. Well, and I think it's the way they're going gonna... to... Go ahead, Lauren. It, it's not even just blind people. I mean, you have people that can't move their hands and do stuff like that, and they want to go in and order something, and you're stuck with these kiosks, and you've got to touch the screen a certain way. They're going to have big... It's a huge accessibility problem for a lot of people. Well, and there is a very there is a very good solution for all this. For the drink kiosks, the ordering kiosks, all of it. And that is for these companies to allow the same functionality through their apps. Yeah. So where you could go in and say, I'm at the McDonald's at in, you know, pick the McDonald's location. Or I'm at Chili's. Or I'm at this Jack in the Box. Because they use those uh, drink machines with touchscreens as well. And say, I want to order uh, this drink, this drink. Okay, just push the button from an app. Right. Or be able to set it up and then tap the machine. Use NFC on your phone to be able to tap the machine. Exactly. And verify that you are where you say you are. Tap the machine and get what you have set up in the app. So the data is sent through through NFC to the machine, which processes it. And I think, you know, that's a great solution. I'm in conversation right now. My university just adopted um, in one of their dining halls completely cashless systems. The 
Dunkin' Donuts is completely cashless. You come in and you order what you want through the kiosk. And that's a problem because the app alternative to it is not really accessible. Well, I like the, your NFC method. The other thing that I think is going to become very popular is what we're calling voice OS. So whether it is an Echo-based device, a Google Assistant-based device, or a Siri-based device, we're getting to the point where our operating systems for these types of things will will actually remove will be moved off of touchscreens because touchscreens are expensive and microphone microphones are less expensive and we will start to see these things be you walk up to the counter you press a button and the voice assistant will say what would you like to order and then you say your order that would be quite accessible to us, but horribly accessible to somebody who cannot talk or cannot hear. Um, so there but are accessibility challenges everywhere. But isn't there isn't there software that can recognize um, sign language and things? There is, or is it not? There is, but the the you you run into again the same issue of well we've we've installed this voice system, so. But there again, the question comes into play. When you are somebody that can't speak, what are your methods for getting that person to understand what you're trying to order in a current situation? So the same things come into place. In fact, some people even have devices like iPhones and iPads that they could type it and it will speak it out loud. Well, if we do go to a voice-based operating system, hopefully they're, A, not named Samantha or Ava, because that would just be scary. <laughs> Two different movie references, her and Ex Machina. Um, but uh, but seriously, though, um, if we do do this, I really hope that these voice assistants will confirm your order as opposed to just assuming that it got it right and just going. Or showing it on a screen. <laughs> yeah, or showing it oh, on a screen. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, let's let's look at our homes. You know, when we're home, we're using more of a, you know, we buy things with our voice. We're doing all these things already. And so I think we're going to start to see businesses go this route eventually when they realize how much more accessible it makes uh, an environment. You know, Renee Ritchie on Vector and other shows has been talking about Apple's newest OS will be called Siri OS. And I think that's a very distinct possibility. Sounds like serious. Uh, <laughs> I'm always serious. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Windows 10 thing. <laughs> so, great. do you guys have any final comments? I think we've had a very good discussion on this. And we didn't even rage too much against Windows Weekly this time. Imagine that. That's That was for last week's show. Yeah. yeah. But can I still still say <laughs> still mad, still bitter? It still hurts. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for this week for this topic. And so now, as always, Jason, what is your pick of the week, and where can people find you? My pick for the week is 
GarageBand. And um, the reason I am picking GarageBand is because, you know, as I as I had said earlier in the show, Apple has made some accessibility improvements, and specifically the iOS version of GarageBand. Um, Apple's made some accessibility improvements. It's still not perfect. There are still some unlabeled buttons, but you know, as as I mentioned, you can you can download the instrument packs now. You can uh, you can use the Smart Drummer to a degree. I am still figuring it out, but so far it just seems to be, on the whole, pretty nice. So uh, it's available for free for iPhone, iPad, and I think iPod Touch. I, I want to say it's available it for the iPod Touch. So yeah, uh, I personally I I don't play with the smart keyboard on screen. It's it's a little too complicated for me. So I have a Bluetooth MIDI adapter which I unboxed on one of our unbox casts. It's called the MDBT01 from Yamaha, connected to my keyboard. So that's how I do a lot of my stuff in GarageBand when I mess with it. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Um, I like it. And as far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can follow me on Twitter at JDE91. That's Juliet Delta Echo 91. And you can also search for me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. What's a Juliet? <laughs> it's a cross between a Juliet and a Jill. <laughs> you Juliet. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did say that too. I know that is becoming an I'm outtake now, guys. What it is really Jillian? Is. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you're making your feel pie, you just put a little Juliet in there, and uh, the Juliet really makes it. <laughs> All right, and Lauren, what is your pick for this week, and where can people find you online? My pick for the week is an app called Instacart. Um, I don't know, like, it's a very accessible um, means of ordering groceries. Um, it works with voiceover on the iPhone. I don't know how well it works with Android. Um, but you can get anything from your local grocery store, and even your pet store. So if you run out of dog food or something like that and you're in a pinch, you can always order it from them and not worry about having to take a 50-pound bag of dog food on the bus. So that's always a plus. And even better, the app works with Apple Pay. So you do not have to give them your credit card information and worry about security features and things like that because Apple Pay will take care of all of that for you. Um, you can find me producing and editing content for iAccessibility. You can find me on Twitter at LaurenBishop9 and you can find me on Facebook at LaurenBishop. You know, Apple Pay and apps is amazing. I gotta say though, Lauren, when you were talking about a fifty-pound bag of dog food, a fifty-pound bag of dog food, I totally thought you were going to say a fifty-pound trip to the store, and I was just like, "Oh, that would be expensive." Oh boy! All right, and Aaliyah, how about you? My pick for this week is a shortcut found on Routine Hub, and that is called Clock In Slash Out. 
it keeps track of your hours that you've worked in an iCloud Drive folder. And you can see them via the shortcut. You can also manually add dates and times to the shortcut. So you can manually add hours that you've worked if you didn't track them for some reason. And you can also use the shortcut to track your time. So you can go in and clock in. It will notify you about the time that you clocked in. And then when you're done, you go in and you run the shortcut again and you can clock out and it will save that time into the folder. So the very neat little shortcut. It's very, very useful. And uh, I'm about to set it up with Siri so that I can do it completely hands-free. You can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net. And you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. All right, so my pick this week is going to be iMovie. You know, there are many, many video editing uh, software packages out there. And I have to say, I think iMovie is one of the most accessible products to do this. I put together our first video cast, which is now up, uh, talking about uh, the Amazon uh, or the Insignia Fire TV. And it's an awesome video. If you haven't seen it, go to our website, check it out. It's a great video. Um, so yeah, I did all the editing in iMovie on iOS, on the iPad in, in particular, and it turned out really awesome. So iMovie for iOS has to be my pick for this week. As for where you could find me online, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I am Mike Doeys on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Michael Doeys, and you can go to my website at michaeldoeys.com, which I finally updated after years of inactivity. All right, if you want to find iAccessibility, you can at iAccessibility.net. We are iAccessibility1 on Twitter. We have our iOS app. Just search for iAccessibility in App Store. And we're also on Facebook. Just search for iAccessibility. If you want to leave us feedback, you can by emailing feedback at iAccessibility.net. And if you feel... Great, you know, if you feel like you want to pass some money our way, we'd be totally grateful. By uh, and you also get a reward of all of our outtakes for the year. And believe me, there's been a few this episode. So head to uh, patreon.com slash iacast and become a patron for as little as one dollar. And uh, you don't have to wait till the mid year show to hear all of our crazy antics and outtakes. And believe me, we have a lot, you know. Other shows have outtake shows, but we have we have to have two of them every year because of how goofy we are. So, um, patreon.com slash IACast, and, you know, we're all over the web. Just do a search for us, and you'll find our content. We have plenty of apps, plenty of services, and all those good things at iAccessibility.net, so we hope you take advantage of those. So, with all that being said, that'll do it for this episode of the IACast. We'll be back next week for episode 109. It's been, I've, I think this has been a great discussion and uh, I hope everybody uh, learned something from this when we go forward and uh, we, you know, help making the world a more inclusive and accessible place to live. So thanks everybody. And we will see you next time. 
Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Copyright 2019, iAccessibility, LLC.